today we talk about um, church and politics, which is always a hot topic. But actually, it was dealt with uh, in this episode in a in a more of a roundtable question and answer. Uh, we go from is Christianity uh, favored by one political party over another to basically how politics and culture is affecting the church. Good topics, good roundtable discussion. Uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Welcome to the Truth Response. The Truth Response. So, uh, welcome back, Nick. Yeah. Glad to have you back. Yes, I'm glad. I'm not the only one stuck with that. It sounded like there was enough crazy here for everybody. I admit to my own crazy. I heard that you were like an official mouse catcher. Yeah, we caught like six mice. And you caught some by hand? Uh, I caught one, and the children caught one. (laughs) The children caught one by hand? Well, they used... Which children? Your children? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I can imagine one of the two doing that. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> is it the one we think it is? Um, I'm not really sure how that all shook out, but I know Olivia, their cousin, uh-huh. my niece, ended up with the mouse. So, and then he made his way outside. But my sister had a. Aren't you worried about like Lyme disease or something like that? Lyme disease? I don't know. The, they were just little. Oh, okay. They couldn't hurt anybody. <laughs> <laughs> we do have another person in the podcast who's, who doesn't want to talk, but he's holding his. He's, well, he's looking he's, at me like he's a, a fireman. Para- he's <laughs> a fireman paramedic. He's holding, <laughs> he's holding his comments for yeah. whenever he can't hold it in. Anymore. Yeah. Um, well, it's okay. So it's my dad. So, so it's, oh, what's it's the over under? You know, the over under is four forty five. I got four thirty right now. So here we go. Uh, <laughs> I'm saying about five o'clock. Um, so, so yeah, this is this is Kurt. This is my dad. Um, at least say hi. There you go. Hopefully yes. that picks up on the on there. Hopefully you guys heard hi at least. Um, yeah, so he's visiting this week and well, welcome. Yeah, welcome, welcome. So uh, I did as, as much as I would like to be prepared. I kind of failed, but I did run across something and just trying to get prepared. Uh, does the Bible advocate one political? Uh, well, let me let me try that yes. again. No, I can answer <laughs> what, it right now. What, uh, does the is whether the Bible endorses one form of government over another. Yes. Why? Well, because... No, what is it? Let's start with that. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's <laughs> not say yeah because. No, no, let's start with what it is. Yeah. And? All right, so yeah. originally, right, like the it was supposed to be set up where God's people follow God, period. Right. End of discussion. Theocracy. But we've seen okay. all seen how well that's, that worked that's, in the past. That's, that's the answer. Like, yeah. God is ruling over the people that is the form of government that that he set up and the people didn't want we so, want a king like everybody else i'll accept that answer because i really thought you were going to say something outlandish no <laughs> no that wouldn't make your dad talk <laughs> <laughs> no i'm saving that for later um no i, I honestly like that that's that's where the whole breakdown is mm-hmm. in the old testament comes is when they're like, we want a leader, and God's like, I am your leader. And they're like, no, we want a leader like everybody else has got a leader. But he's like, I'm, I'm the better leader, you know. And 
and they're like, no, we want a king, and then Saul happens. Like, yep. And it's a mess. Immediate as, failure. As, yeah. It's like, it well, just, and he told them, he's like, this is what's going to happen. He's going to take your money, he's going to take your things, and they're like, we still want him. Yay. Right. So you don't think there's like a, 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 form, of, a form of government in today's, uh, in today's times that God uh, preferences over another? Is that I'm probably not, not going to go with dictatorships. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, look, I had to look this up. Probably in 10 not the answer either. <laughs> you know. I mean, in some ways, you could almost say a dictatorship would wow. be what God's preference is. Like that is essentially what His rule is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, so you got you got what it was initially set up to be, and then what, what the God conceded <laughs> and said, "Here's the rules, and do that," and then. I mean, they split into two kingdoms even down there. I mean, like, it didn't take long. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't necessarily think that there is. Me personally, I don't think there is a thing besides God ruling, right? That is a form of government that He endorses over any any other one. Because if you look at the examples in like the New Testament, right? Like wherever you are preach the gospel and be content in in all situations whether you have or you have not so that's kind of the message across the whole new testament Mm -hmm. so and they were talking about taking it to the whole world so it didn't matter where you were so i don't think there's a focus on any of that even you know what i mean the really cool thing is that regardless of the form of government because we've seen all of the primary forms of government exist or currently exist in the world, Christianity has still flourished in the face of that, Mm. which is really incredible when you start to think about it. Even, you know, communist China. And you think about um, um, the, the Nazis, the Nazi party. Like, even in the face of those things, Christianity has still not only been a seed that was planted, but it sprouted and became something living and tangible in the midst mm-hmm. of all those things. There, there are Christian communities in North Korea right now. Mm-hmm. There are more Christians in China than there are in America. I mean, those things in their own right just speak to, to the fact that regardless of who is quote-unquote on the throne, Jesus is king, right? Right. Like, that's what's really cool. Well, you're talking a lot, you know, in, about ultra-conservative uh, governments. So, is there any room for uh, liberalism in Christianity? Are you talking? Okay. Well, I know Explain I'm talking what about you mean by I'm, liberalism. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, that's what I was going to. What, what thing? Define like, that. Because there are certain so, things that are liberal that are not okay in our context, right? So, liberal in our context. You could argue that Jesus was incredibly liberal with a lot of his policies. Well, that's what, and that's I think that's kind of what I'm driving at. And you know, if you talk about liberalism. Um, they're always in conducive to change and mm-hmm. changing the way things are done. Um, right, whereas conservatives would be, you know, wanting to shy away from that. Um, so Christianity, in, when it was a, in its baby form, was a very liberal concept, which has now been accepted by conservatism. Um, but we still have this liberal element that's out there doing... You know, now, I'm not talking about guys... You know, cross-dressing and that kind of thing. 
but you know, like the Bill Mars. I don't know if you're familiar with Bill Mars. Foul mouth guy, get mm. it? You know, he's not the cleanest cut dude I've ever listened to. But is he a Christian? No, he's not. He's an okay. atheist. That's no, no, no. I'm just. Say. I'm talking. I'm using him as okay. an example of the type of liberalism that I'm talking about, right? Because right? he's not for. Uh, if you listen to him, he's not talking about educating uh, children in mm-hmm. um, you transgender. Know, trans, yeah, transgender, all that garbage. Um, he's, he's he wants to keep all that junk out of schools. There's a lot of stuff when you when I listen to him, I can, I'm like, okay, I can get behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not somebody that I would want to you know see running the country either. Mm-hmm. So the question becomes, you know, setting Bill Maher aside, is there room for liberalism in, within Christianity? I would say... Or, or a Bill Maher type of liberalism. The, the, it's a loaded question that you're asking mm. there because when you look at... at you, can, you can have conservative values and not be a Christian. You can have liberal values and be a follower of Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's the tension in between. It, it, this is making me think of the moment when the Israelites were going into the Promised Land and the the angel of the Lord was standing there with his sword drawn. And Joshua and the the, the Israelite party were like, what's happening here? Like, do, are you going before us? Like, who do you fight for? Are you with us or are you with them? And the angel of the Lord said, neither. I'm with the Lord. <laughs> like, I feel like that's the response we really have to have in yeah. this. Like. And, and part of the problem, especially existing in the church in America today, is it has to be a choose-your-side. Mm. You have to say you're either, you're either a church that supports LGBTQ rights and um, you're, there are some churches that are like pro-abortion and, and those kind of things. Like you either have to say that or you have to say you're a quote-unquote conservative church that is against all of those kind of things. And the truth of the matter is God is not for either. God is for people who are following him and his word, regardless of what the culture dictates around you. So uh, I almost hear that culture doesn't matter when you're talking about the Christian walk. Like what? what Okay, so right now we're allowing... Certain cultural things don't matter when it comes to the Christian walk. Like, okay... For example, I will throw out hats as our topic. Okay? <laughs> why would you do that? Because why would you even? Because why would a, you even think a that's a thing? It's a recent cultural shift I've had to have. Um, <laughs> so the, the the conversation about hats in the church. Hold up. After that whole conversation we had last week, you start out with hats. <laughs> No, yes. I'm kidding. I'm yes. kidding. It's simple. Yeah. Um, so hats in the church, right? A lot of people have a problem with hats even being inside of a church building, much less from the stage, right? Um, and I say a lot, I mean a lot of the older cats, because something I didn't think about until one of our meetings that we had um, was that America has this, has a culture of you take your hat off when you do certain things, right? You take your hat off when you say the pledge or whatever or national anthem or um you sit down at a, at a dining room table you know a lot of times um if you pray you take your hat off so there's there's a lot of things that a hat can be seen as disrespectful that is something that you can be like okay i will allow culture 
to dictate that I won't wear a hat from the stage if it's going to be disrespectful to the group of people because it's not a really a biblical thing, right? Like the Bible doesn't say you can or you cannot, right? In in terms of this is what scripture <laughs> says about all things. It actually You want to crack speaks, open Second Corinthians? It actually speaks no, to okay. the culture of the time being the head coverings and the non-head coverings and okay, so the culture of today we have a similar situation, and I had not really thought about it until it got brought up in our elders meeting. So I can say, okay, I won't wear, I won't wear the hat from, from the stage. I'm okay with that, as long as we realize that Scripture, it's, it's a cultural reason and not a scriptural one, right? Um, so as far as that goes, like, that's not going to, that, that is me allowing culture to dictate what, what I do, but not to deviate from scripture. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. So that, and that that actually brings up a good, another question. Um, so you mentioned Second Corinthians. So and I'm assuming that talks about how the church is run, and we we get into head coverings. Head coverings. Women should have their heads covered. Mm-hmm. Men should not. So on and so forth. So I'm I'm a brand new Christian. Mm-hmm. I'm reading through. I'm trying to get a handle my head around the Bible. I'm reading through this stuff. How do I discern discern basically culture from biblical truth Mm. my okay this is going to sound a little maybe out there i think that if you only have this much of it right if you only have this little bit if you only get bits and pieces then you have to just allow the holy spirit to discern it for you right so like i'm talking like persecuted churches right they only get little bits and pieces sometimes where they can't get the whole context necessarily always right so you have to allow the holy spirit to then discern a little bit of that you should always let the Holy Spirit discern what you're reading. I'm not saying ever that it's okay to not. But if you've got the ability, like we do here in the United States, to like actually study and not just read, because there's a big difference between reading Scripture and studying Scripture. Mm-hmm. Like if you have something that comes up that you're like, uh, this sounds a little extreme, right? You should be looking at, well, well I can dive into what their culture looked like, I mean, we have the internet, right? Like, it's we have the ability to see what their culture was like back then. So we can start there. We can be talking in groups to the people that have studied it. We, we can be doing all these things to actually study Scripture more than just reading Scripture, right? And the Holy Spirit's got to be there the whole time to be unlocking the, the truths behind all of it. Um, but really, like... For any new Christian, I would encourage, well, any Christian, I would encourage to study, if possible, mm-hmm. cultures and and the the histories and, and why they were writing, why Paul was writing to Corinth and why Paul was writing to Timothy, which you get a little bit, I say Timothy because you get, you see these, these two, these two specifically get kind of extreme in some areas because they're talking about culture that these people are in that are are kind of radical and he's he's telling them these things these ways to teach and address the church to reel that back in to where it doesn't cause a problem within the church does that make sense that's a little a lot of words here here would be my litmus test there's two great commandments love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength love your neighbor as yourself okay if, if you are struggling with 
is this right or wrong? That's how you, that's how you gauge, gauge it right there. And is this loving the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength? Is this loving my neighbor as myself? If you answer no to either one of those things, it's probably not the right thing to do. Okay. You can't have one without the other. And love so, is defined as Corinthians defines it. Right. Which is, that has to be a part of that too. Sure. Because, sure. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I mean, First Corinthians 13 yep. lists what love is, and it is a tall or Kind, not self-serving... Yeah, and so on and so forth. Right. Yep. So, because there's a slippery no slope in there yep. that progressives can go well, and that's jump r- into. That's where I'm getting ready to head. Because, like, <laughs> it's because, yeah, all right, so I'm loving my neighbor by allowing them who are in the LGBTQ plus premium edition to jump into leadership at our church that are. Because they're not loving the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Because what they're doing is they're elevating their gender and their or their 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 sexual identity above what God's identity has been placed upon them. Right. So what about a a, a closet homosexual? Somebody who's okay. What do you mean? So hold on. Explain. I'm I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah. So um so a, a closet homosexual, somebody who hasn't come out, who may be in a secret sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, you know, seeing somebody of the same sex on the side, mm-hmm. you know, not in a, they're not in a committed relationship with somebody from the opposite sex mm-hmm. right now. They're seeing somebody on uh, same sex mm-hmm. in secret, that kind of thing. So they have an idea that this is wrong and they're mm-hmm. struggling to kind of right themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, what about, you know, talk to me about that. Mm-hmm. How does that fit? Do they fit? And I mean, I know how I feel about it. Can they but follow I, Christ? Yes. Yeah. Can they follow Christ? Absolutely. Right? We're all sinners. All have fallen short of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And we're all called back to a place of repentance. The, I would love for that person to be in the church every Sunday morning. They should be. Yeah. And they should be in a small group. And they should be actively involved in recognizing and working to that place of, of reconciliation. We can't do that for them, but we can point them to the one who can do that for them. Mm-hmm. So should that person come to church? Absolutely. Should the drug addict come to church? Absolutely. Should the woman who just had an abortion come to church? Most certainly. Should the guy who's been sleeping around with everybody in the neighborhood? Yeah, they should be in church on Sunday morning. Church, church on Sunday morning should be the most dangerous place in America. Because all of those people who are bound by their sin, they should be the ones that are walking through those doors on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. If they're not, we're not doing our job. Okay. Okay. Did that answer your question? Uh, it it does. Okay. It does. Um, you know, because um, I'm also thinking about uh, you know, and again, I'm going. I'm going to come back to cultural just a bit. Um, you know, because I I went to a church for you know a couple years not, um, that had a woman pastor. Mm-hmm. Lizzie, are you are you considered a pastor? I'm not. Church? Not have the title of pastor. You do not. What's your title? Director. Director. Okay. Semantics, man. Semantics. No, and, and, I, and I get <laughs> yeah. that. And it's, I don't really know how I fall on that, to be yeah. honest with you. Now, I can tell you that as a, a, a woman, as a senior pastor, mm-hmm. uh, which what this woman was, mm-hmm. I struggled with it. Mm-hmm. I found myself really struggling with staying focused on her, for, for one. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I had been, as I've come up through the church, it's always been a male senior pastor and, and mm-hmm. male eldership and that kind of thing and i don't know how i really fall yeah. 
in all of that as as women in leadership. Yeah. So and it's something that I, I, I struggle with. Now, I, Lizzie, I don't have a problem with you. You're, I would, you're great. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I would toe the line, I'm sure, and people would probably call me sexist for for saying that. But I mean, you just got to look at the text. Like, what does the text reveal? It seems to reveal that the 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 calling is placed upon men. Now, the issue is, is that just like through the rest of the Bible, men don't men don't <laughs> satisfy their calling. And right. so what does God do? God calls and equips women, right? right? So where there are capable men to lead, should they be leading? Yes. Are they going to be all the time? No. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't answer the question, right? Yeah. I know it doesn't. Yeah. I know it doesn't answer the question. Okay. But that is the broken system that we live and operate in. Yeah, I, I, I've had the conversation with Lizzie in the past. We've talked about, you know, that whole pastor, not pastor, blah, 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 you know. And, well, even, and, or, and, 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 even ordained right. and minister. Right, and, and in a perfect world. Right, and ordination it, versus right? like, commissioning. What's the difference between that? Right. One, one's yeah. for men, one's what? for women. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> no, um, I'm started. trying to get no, you started. No, no, I don't, don't want to get started. <laughs> if if men were were standing up and and doing what they were told, Deborah wouldn't have had to do her thing, right? Like she wouldn't have had to been there to to set forth the mm-hmm. the judgments, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I I don't know. Like in a perfect world that wouldn't have been there. Well, but in a perfect world, would we even really need ministers then? That's what I mean. Like, like it, even well, male. But, but in a perfect world, there was a perfect world well, before yeah. the fall, yeah. right? And Adam was there to be the head of his household. Well, and we're being ushered into a place where that doesn't exist either, right? Right. That's what Revelation's all about. You don't see any any drastic separation between people. You see this huge city where Christ is the center of it. He's the light of all the world. And there are just people. There are just yeah. God's image bearers who mm-hmm. worship. And and you could even pull from Revelation. They live in the city where the gates are always open and commerce happens. And so is it a world like what we live in, only where everything works as it ought to? So I, I, it's a I'm city. really hoping for electric guitars in heaven. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, Once we I'm don't have to ever change that, the batteries you know. or change the strings. Yeah, like, no, no charging yeah. your yeah. your cool new acoustic angel-made guitars. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, Lizzie, you haven't said too much. I'm just kind of wondering what you, if you have an opinion on it. Um, what do you think? Um, <laughs> how, well, let me ask you this: Does it bother you that you're, you're you don't carry the, the title of pastor? Yes. Because I do the exact same thing that everybody else that can t- has the pastor role does. Okay, so just for a different group of people. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. right? Yeah, it's the same thing. Right. Cross she, board just yeah, I mean, she a younger audience legitimately does shepherd our children. So has and been- Jasmine shepherds our students. Like, right? They do. They would do. N- there would if there was a male in their role, that man would do nothing different other than maybe preach on the occasion. And Sunday they would morning. get the title. Pastor. And they would get the title pastor. Mm-hmm. Although yeah. we were talking about doing student director regardless. Right. That was the right. conversation. Because it's that a part time role. Yeah. Because it's a part time role. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. but there's a precedent I think we're trying to set that right. it doesn't demean I, what they do. I, kind of a thing. Right. I have more of a problem that, that I'm not allowed to have that title just because 
just because you're a woman. Just because I'm a woman. Yeah. Okay. And it, I, I feel like, like people call the church all the time and they ask to speak to a pastor and I say, okay, fine. <laughs> Wait a second. Right, right. <laughs> she so literally hops to... <laughs> over, usually to me, because <laughs> she likes that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but it's, it's I'd, like I do the same things. Like why can't we have the same title? Uh, and I'm not, if I yeah. start to make you uncomfortable, no. please, please let me know. <laughs> Um, I will. I and I don't feel like I and I also, but I also don't feel like I. I'm like, oh, I have to have that title, or I'm not going to be here, or I'm not going to do the things that I'm doing either. I'm not that upset about it, but it just it's kind of like something that just irks me. Right. <laughs> There's a lot of ridiculous not. things like that too, though. Like, because Lizzie and I, like, for another example that's not exactly related, but it tattoos right like mm -hmm. that conversation is like oh, man what you're missing the point like well, right, you know what i mean right. like when it comes to some of that stuff fall like you're you're getting all kinds of upset over silly things fall back know? for me what what's what's the story behind tattoos well how many christians say oh you can't have tattoos mm -hmm. because because um, of leviticus because what, of leviticus 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 1231 yeah uh Lakitivus. Uh, oh, okay. That's not even a Bible book. <laughs> You're right. You know, that's like not that's even that's a book. So, I mean, <laughs> I can just throw a number out there too. Yeah. No, uh, Leviticus. Like they they stop reading it. You know, don't tattoo yourselves. For the dead. For the dead. Now let's unpack that a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's because it was a uh, a ritualistic yeah. pagan witchcraft practice where they were literally cutting themselves and tattooing themselves to bring forth spirits and stuff. Like, don't do that. You're supposed to not look like that. It doesn't hold the same cultural t context today. Well, and also the following verse talks about men sh shaving the sides of your, their beard, so everybody in here is out. <laughs> out. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, in a long your husband's time. pretty good. Oh. Like he's yeah. got some. He's got. Some I don't shave the sides. I let it just go. go. Yeah. Oh, you've always done that, though. No. Okay. Heathen. I've recently. <laughs> I've recently <laughs> repented. <laughs> I've repented of the shaving of my beard. Okay. <laughs> or, what about the clothing you're wearing? Mm. I'll bet mixed. you it's made up of more than one material. Yeah. Material, and that's that goes back. No, so no. people like. People think it's also picking and choosing, and people think about all these things like it's that. But you, if you don't understand the context, don't speak into it. Mm -hmm. Like if you if you don't get it, like ask. Don't don't just assume that you know. That's another reason why it's important to study and not just read if you have the ability to do so. Because if you read, you know, you have to shave the sides of your beard, and that's the scripture you have, then. If you feel convicted that that's what it's saying, then yeah, okay, I get you. Shave the size of your beards. But if you have the ability to look at the whole Old Testament and see that that was the the law of uh, that wasn't the law for the it's not the moral law, but the yes, the other one, <laughs> the other one, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's the other one. The I, I can't. I cannot it's, remember it's what cultural. the term is. It's yep, it's not. It's a. It's a unique word. <laughs> Anyways, okay. so y'all know, just look yeah, it up. Just basically, <laughs> basically, it's the law that that and was set out to initiate the getting Israel, God's people, to be set apart from those around them, mm -hmm. right? And moral, then they, ceremonial, and judicial. There you go. 
Damn. Then they just started. This is Thomas Aquinas. <laughs> what does he know? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Not going to go there either. Um, it's been too long since I've read him. So, um, man, I don't know where I was going. <laughs> Glad I could derail that for you. Appreciate it. <laughs> I want to I wanna go back to the bear you were poking just okay. a little bit. Because right. you, you, you hung your hat a little bit on the, the liberal side of things. But then there's a whole other conservative side of things that is really manifesting in America today, in American culture today, and this is this Christian nationalist view as well. Okay. And, you know, kind of the... Can you unpack what that means? So that is almost that whole America first, um, that is um, like, this is God's chosen, we are one of God's chosen nations, and... uh, that kind of concept. I think I just threw up a little bit. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh boy, we're gonna that, have some fun. That is. <laughs> I think I got him. I think we, 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 you're close. You're yeah. close. <laughs> yeah. Look, I love America. I love where I live, and where we live gives has given us the privilege as Christians mm-hmm. to be able to live the way we do. Right. I mean, we could live in any one of the other. How many countries are there? Two hundred and ninety or something like that. I don't know. Um, but we could live in any one of those other ones where what we do is illegal. And so I, I love this country. I have a flag in my front yard. I um, say the pledge. I believe in that. I say the national anthem. I believe in that. Like, I think all of those things are fantastic. And I believe our nation was founded on some unshakable biblical principles, regardless of what those yahoos that think they're too smart for their own good um, say. So I believe in all of those kind of things. But you've got guys like, we'll say Greg Locke, for example. He's in Middle Tennessee, and and this dude straight up says that if you're a Democrat, you are directly from hell. You cannot be a Christian and vote Democrat in, in America. Yeah. And like... That is the other side of that shtick where mm-hmm. you're like, okay, pro-LGBTQ, like doing that stuff over here. But then you've got this guy and others like him over here who are just as just as against what the word of God says as the other side. And each side makes the other side out to be horrible. And each side... Neither is really following the word of God. Neither one of those those people, neither one of those groups is putting God on the throne. They're putting mm-hmm. their ideologies on the mm-hmm. throne that don't involve following Christ. I think there's a fundamental difference between uh, the way... i got to make sure I, I do this right. Do it right. Um, <laughs> so I believe we live in the greatest country in the entire world. I believe that too. I do. Yep. Um, and I believe that conservative conservatism falls more in line with Christian values than liberalism ever will. How it got there, I don't know. Because, again, like you said previously, that, that Jesus was, for his time, was one of the most liberal people out there. Mm-hmm. And I believe that. Um, but he was but, on a different system too mm-hmm. i mean that's something we got to think about too like he was also under a different form of government mm-hmm. well and there weren't christian values then i mean there was <laughs> jewish law but what does it mean to be a follower of christ when jesus is still walking the earth and right. there is no gospel yet that has right. really been forth told so like 
it's a really kind of sticky wicket that you get caught in there. All right. So watch what I do here. I want to know what I want to know what Lizzie meant by she when she said I threw up a little bit. <laughs> Just that like people hold on to that and that's why way more important than God. Like right. my country is more important than God and following God. And I mean both like extremes of both political parties are horrible. And they're horrible not only to each other but in general and give each other a bad name, a bad rap, whatever. But it is like that's why I've seen the kind of want to vomit because I've seen people go to that extreme and I've seen people that were supposedly Christian go to that extreme and I'm just like okay but you're saying this you're saying you're following Christ but part of following Christ is loving people and being kind to people and here you are you know basically just trying to scratch the eyeballs out of the person you know the other side like it's really petty and shallow and like because I went yeah like especially when she said petty and shallow it was weird direct eye contact but (laughs) but like from and from my perspective like I'm that's what I was I went to pre-law school to go into law to go into politics oh okay How did you? Well, that's maybe another <laughs> time. But how did you the, end up here? There's still the possibility of being the first mayor of Lehigh Acres. When no, we, thank you. When, when, when or if we incorporate, you like, can run. No, thank you. Okay. Just but like, right. I've seen. You know, I've studied. I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> both, both Definitely sides. add a little uh, emphasis to that head smack right there. <laughs> and like, I was like, this is not like any like i don't like can god use people that are in those positions yes but am i going to be affected if you know as effective as i could be doing that as doing youth ministry or doing children's ministry i don't think so i'll be completely honest just because to change i mean you would literally have to tear down all the political stuff to get it where it should be or where it's not as corrupt and horrible as it is. <laughs> well, there's all, you know, we everybody can obviously agree that the there is a divide. There, there's a growing divide between the two parties for sure, mm-hmm. or the two ways of thinking. I just think that the the, the liberal side has. I, I just have a, a problem with them from the beginning. It, it didn't ever seem like they were had god first ever where i see that conservatism puts god you first you see humanism running running rampant right and, and it's gotten with worse through the ages liberal you know concepts right. it's it's what i believe it's nihilistic it's there is no real good in this world other than my own pleasure and my own satisfaction and my own happiness and that is that is the end all be all to all things and that's why i asked the questions uh, back toward the beginning was is there room for liberalism in 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 christianity Mm -hmm. i don't i don't know you know i i really don't know are we asking people to abandon their whatever views they have uh to become a christian i i i would say i would probably i would be willing to argue this that the churches in america that are doing the right thing and following following what God tells us to and putting him on the throne above everyone else are going to be too conservative for the liberals and too liberal for the conservatives. Mm. 
mm. they're going to be stuck somewhere in between because you're going to have you're going to have two very different side of the sides of the spectrum um you have just like you find in scripture you have grace and you have truth right and we're called to live in that that small area right in between the two where mm -hmm. grace and grace and truth both exist and they exist with the appropriate amount of tension so that we can all see that we're all sinners in need of a savior and yet all recognize that God has lavished his grace upon us. And so we have to do the same to our brothers and sisters. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's a tension. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, and I, it's, it's probably a good thing. You know, I keep thinking about it. It's like, because we don't, we know we allow, we don't allow, allow hats. When you go back to his thing, we don't allow hats on the stage, but we allow them within the congregation. Sure. You know, I, I would get right. angry if anyone ever walked up to somebody and said, you're not dressed right or you take your hat off or any of those kind of things. Like I would address that from the platform that day. Right. And I would invite that person back mm -hmm. in and I would, we would uh, have an issue. I, <laughs> like, well, but I've think been, about this uh, and I'm, I'll, let, I'll let you go in just a second, but think about that, um, you know, 70, 80 years ago, mm -hmm. you would have never have done that. You, sure. You know what I mean? I yeah. I mean, they'd have been like, your so, desk is packed. See you, buddy. Right. You're out. You know, you know yeah. so there, that tension is a good thing. We keep, yeah. you know, both sides are trying to, to pull each other in the opposite direction. And through that, we're inviting more people into the church. Does yeah. that make sense? Well, yeah. Is that okay. a good point? Take another, another for example here. There's drums on our stage, right? And right. we, I think we talk, talked about this on one of our podcasts where a lady came in, knocked on the door, old little old lady, and... As soon as she saw the drums on the stage, she said, I can't worship here, and you're a bunch of heathens. It's like, <laughs> you don't believe in God. Okay. Well, no. So no. she saw, and so we were far too liberal for her taste. Mm -hmm. And yet, for some others, you look at some of the Bethels and Hill songs, we would probably be way too conservative in the way we do worship mm -hmm. as well, even though we do some of their music on a very limited on a se somewhat limited basis, yeah. like we're selective with what we choose. So like the, that exists, and I'm not saying we're doing it right. Like there's still a long way we have to go before we're going to get it right. But I, I feel like we're at least trending in the right direction right now. And I think the, the proof is in the pudding. Like we're, mm -hmm. seeing, we're seeing people get baptized. We're seeing lives changed. We're seeing people get help that they need. We're, we're seeing we're seeing positive growth and not not just numerical growth um so i i think there's some proof in the pudding that we're moving in the right direction lizzie H. i i was on the first church that i was on staff for um i was mostly with kids and so i didn't often get to go to service but one day i did get to so go to service and there were some newer people there and some people that had been there for a while and i had a tattoo that was showing and they were loudly speaking in front of me badly about tattoos, not knowing that I worked there, not knowing that I'm part of the staff or anything like that. And like, it was just kind of funny to me, like that that's, and I'm like, that's what everybody, that's what people expect when they, like, mm -hmm. that's what has become common when people walk into church to have those people. And these, like I said, these were not necessarily people that went to the church or were really super involved with the church, but like, that's, that's what was going on. And I feel like here it's completely different. 
like I've never heard anybody somebody's asked me about them um, about why I have them and stuff but I don't feel like I'm judged for that whereas this other church I was judged for that by people that were coming like so uh, and leads me to another question it's a good or maybe a statement that maybe you can elaborate on it's a good thing that we have different denominations within Christianity because people can find their niche true fair statement Mm. There is good to it, but when you begin to look at the other person of the other denomination that's following Jesus as somehow less than, mm-hmm. which is really what happens primarily, mm-hmm. okay. oh, because they're Baptists, like, eh. oh, because they're <laughs> they're Assembly of God. <laughs> <laughs> we got them. We got them. <laughs> yeah. oh. Oh, because right. I'm the recovering Baptist. Oh, because so. they're assembly of God, man. Like, like I mean, we well, could go down the list. Like, <laughs> oh, because they are like if people look at us that way too. Oh, they're those Christian church people. Like, yeah, they can't their decide. name is Rise. Like, yeah. what kind of name is that? Like, they're a bunch of hippies, right? So I've had somebody say, <laughs> <laughs> I've had somebody, I've had somebody say to me because uh, they asked me what kind of church I go to. I go, it's a non-denominational church. Oh, well, well, you can't commit. But <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, is by saying we're not a non-denominational church. Well, that not. doesn't exist. We have a denomination. We're the non-denominational it's the, denomination. It's the Christian Church, Church of Christ. We're an right. independent Christian church. Right. Which is, they're the churches that are seem to be doing the best right now outside of mainline denominations. I mean, I, I would say there is room... I'm not just going to make you feel good about this, Kurt, but I'd say the Baptist church like, is another church that tends to be moving in a, well, I'm saying this now, I'm thinking SBC and what yeah. just came out there. Like, yeah, like, well, right. So, but they're owning up to it, right? Absolutely. And they're, they're going to make the right steps to make sure and to ensure that those things don't happen ever again. So Absolutely. there is something good that comes from those kind of things. And, and of course, the media is going to make this scandal, scandal, the church, Southern Baptist, right? Like, oh, they're the devil. Like, don't ever go there. Lock up your wives. Lock up your children, right? So, like, all of that <laughs> stuff is going to happen in our media. But we... <laughs> but we hide. Hide your wives. Hide, hide your wives. There you go. Do that too. Lock up. Hide them up. Lock them up. Hide them. I don't know. So do whatever you're going to do to your wives and your children. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, but there's there's also it also offers an incredible opportunity for redemption. And when well, you do the right thing the right way, even after you've made well, your mistakes, yeah. that is going to be what really grabs people's attention. Yeah. Well, and, and even within you said the denomination of Christian Church, Churches of Christ, a lot of Churches of Christ are non-instrumental. And right. If you have you know any kind of thing but acapella on the stage right. you're you're basically going to hell so we're non-instrumental also... super judgmental like yeah. it all goes together <laughs> so because so. my parents go to a church of christ um they made that decision just mostly based solely off of that they wanted to be able to take they wanted to go somewhere to take communion every week mm-hmm. teaching the bible and taking communion every week those were the things that were important um but on their I've seen some churches which are like they don't say you're going to hell if some churches of Christ websites that don't say you're going to hell if you like do do music like instrumental music 
but it's heavily implied in what they say. But I know my parents, they like, they just joined a church and is church of Christ. And they, they say that they just choose not to. Right. That's the that's, right response. That's their, yeah. it's their choice. It's not that anything's bad with it. They just think that the voices and stuff and they have people that sing the different parts and all of that stuff. And my mom says, it's really cool mm -hmm. except for she's like, I can't sing. So, you know, I just mumble to myself, but, but she says it's a different appreciation she has for the music. Um, and she's like, I actually listen to the words. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's good um, because you don't have all of the, you don't other have stuff, the, yeah. Uh, yeah, you don't have the quote unquote music. That well, is and there's one, I, th I believe she said there's one song leader and then there, the people sit in the front row, front row of the, they still have pews, um, in the pews and sing, and then they have mics for them there. So they're not even up on stage. So they're not they're they're not trying to glorify mm. that either. That's like, cool. yeah. so the the focus is on God, not on who's leading or what who's what's going up on stage. And that's where I would say, yeah, there's some value in that because if, as long as you have the right heart about it, like if you feel best connected to God when you sing a cappella and you hear that, like, I think there is something special for that. Mm -hmm. Awesome. But if you, if you kind of meet God in the midst of the cacophony of drums and bass and an electric, electric guitar, like some people do, like God should be present in all of those things too. Mm -hmm. Like awesome. But recognize there's something on the other side. If you find it in hymns, cool. Like, people have for a thousand years like awesome worship in those types of churches but don't say because somebody else uh, usually it's music right don't don't say because somebody else's music looks different or the liturgy the way the service put together is different don't say because those things are a little bit different that you're not a follower of christ unless there's something very overtly against scripture that is happening in those times but most of the time it's not like mostly opinions yeah so when we're talking about, you know, liberal churches having, you know, uh, LBGTQ in leadership, are we, oh, is it safe to say they're not followers? I think it's safe to say that they have elevated a carnal desire above a spiritual desire. Okay. Yeah. I would word it just a little different. Go ahead. And that is, I think they've, they've elevated a carnal desire over a spiritual mandate. Mm. I okay. Because it's not just a spiritual desire. Well, I mean, God yeah, says yeah, okay, don't. That's fair. Yeah. You I'll, know, I'll, like, I'll give you that. I yeah. mean. Yeah. I, I, I was looking are, at it. There have been people that have stepped down from leadership positions in a church because they're family things that they was outside of their actual control have become a mess, right? Their wife goes nuts and leaves them, right? And they step down from the church or whatever. Like, that... That is someone putting their spiritual mandate before mm. their desire to lead and their desire to follow into mm. that, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, even even just the same with, with the LGBT crew, like, it's, it's that desire for their own identity that they're elevating above the fact that God has said, you are supposed to be my image bearer and this is what I look like. Mm -hmm. So. Yep. Hmm. I look like a marriage between a man and a woman or I look like abstinence. Right. That's it. I mean, that's what 
that's what you find. Interesting. And that is one of those things that transcends both Old and New Testament. And you could argue Old Testament, well, they had a bunch of wives and they were all messing around. Yeah, but you never find any marriage that works outside of one man and one woman. Every context in which there are one man and multiple women or so on and so forth. It's a mess. It's a disaster. Flaming train wreck. <laughs> yeah, even Abraham. Boom. I mean, Abraham oh, had, you, you know, Abraham had yep. serious spousal issues because yeah. he was taking on too much. Exactly. That's, that's a pretty good point. Yep. So when we're talking about discerning culture within the New Testament, we just kind of maybe draw this around here. Um, when we're talking about discerning culture against mandates, right? Should we be looking that for stuff that carries over from Old Testament to New Testament, that kind of thing? Is that is that a pretty good measuring stick? That's usually where you find that's usually where you find when there's an emphasis in it in the New Testament from the Old Testament. That's where you kind of find that that moral law that comes above the judicial and civil that's associated with the Levitical law. Mm-hmm. So they're the things that there's added emphasis on. There's a reason why in every one of Paul's letters, maybe sans one or two, he talks about sexual immorality. And for some reason, culturally, we want to pull out of sexual immorality homosexual marriage or homosexual activity. Well, what is it then? Like, it's anything outside of a man and a woman in the confines of marriage. Like, that's the definition of what that looks like. So there's a reason why he talks about that in every one of his letters. Because the culture hasn't changed in 2,000 years. <laughs> right. Right? Right. So we still have the same carnal issues today that we had 2,000 years ago. And you could say they're getting worse, but they were pretty bad back then, too. They just manifested themselves in some very different ways. So, like, when you you really have got to, you've got to read the Bible to study it. Like Derek said, and then you've got to use the measuring stick of if I'm if I'm feeling something about this thing in my life, where's my where's my measuring stick? It's is this showing that I love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength? Is this showing that I love my neighbor as myself? Mm-hmm. And then understanding what love is, so it's not just agreeing with somebody because that is probably the antithesis of love. Love is the hard stuff. Love is a little bit of resistance. Love is making one another better. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not self-serving. Okay, so love, love could even be discipline at this sure, point. Sure, absolutely. You find that all throughout the Proverbs. I think if you remove discipline, you remove love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I Honestly, if you take away discipline from anyone... I think of a child most of the time because it's the easiest, like, example, right? Like, if you don't discipline a child. I'm trying to reel you in. Go ahead. (laughs) Don't discipline a child. I've been too quiet. I know. If you don't discipline a child, you're not loving that child. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, and and it looks, it doesn't always look like love to the child, but we know better. You know, we've been through it. We've seen it. We've learned it. Like, and that kid will will learn it too, mm-hmm. you know? As long as we, we keep loving them through the discipline and through other things, it's not just discipline, but on the topic of discipline, like, as long as we keep loving them through it, 
they'll recognize at some point. I heard a study referenced a couple weeks ago talking about kids that grow up in very strict homes versus kids that grow up in whatever the other side of that would be, non-strict homes. Um, and it showed Free that range. Free range. Yeah, there you go. Free range. It, the study showed that kids that grow up in strict homes tend to fare better in life, more successful, make better decisions, so on and so forth, than kids who grow up free range. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I keep thinking yeah. two is chickens. Um. <laughs> so it was like, wow, that was kind of eye-opening. When I heard that, I was like, hmm there's something substantial to that. Right. And I was like, I'm not really an overly strict parent. I have been when I've had to be, but I mean, we set rules and we follow the rules. And when there's something that happens outside of the rules, there's repercussions. I don't mm. know if you call that strict or if you call that consistent. consistent. <laughs> there you go. I say the world would call it strict. I yeah. mean, yeah, they would. Right. Because I, I swatted my kids' butts. Yep. Yep. I mean, you know, they don't haven't really done anything to deserve that as of this point. Eli is on his way. Like, he's two. And I'm, I am not coming. beyond that. Right. And my girls are pretty good. Yeah, I was always called by my, uh, my kids' friends. I was always called a strict parent because mm-hmm. everybody was out of the house at 7, you know, or it's yeah, it was somewhere around between dinner time. Everybody gone, all friends gone. You know, it's it's time for family time. We're gonna we're gonna have dinner. Um, you know, uh, they would be. You know, the friends were all going to certain places. I wouldn't allow it. That kind of thing. You know, I, I, I kept tabs on my kids, and I was always called strict. I didn't think I was that strict. Mm-hmm. I thought my parents were strict, and because <laughs> I got the snot beat out of me. Yeah. You know, look, I deserved it. <laughs> but I'm, t- <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah. I got, I mean, I, I, I really got, you know, I got what I deserved, right. you know, didn't realize it at the time. But now that I'm on, you know, this side of the water, I, I can look back and say that, yeah, those were just, those were strict parents. I didn't think I was that strict, but by their, by the, the standard of the world now, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess I was pretty strict, yep. but I love, you know, but my, my kids know that I have their back. Yeah. Every time, all the time. Yep. So, um, yeah, the, the world's a strange place, but that's a good yeah. conversation. So, uh, what's the top? What's are we done yet? I, we're, we're getting there. <laughs> well, it's a good. It's a good lead-in because we're rolling into Father's Day this weekend. So, y'all are listening to this post Father's Day at some point, and we've been in this series called Heart, and we've been unpacking David, and David, a man after God's own heart, and we've seen how. He has been uh, a shepherd and how he's been a poet and a warrior and a king. And, and this week was kind of like the curveball week because David was a father. And you get this whole laundry list of the kids that he has through all of the different wives that he had. And you don't even get all of the names. Like it just goes on to say, and he had other sons. And then there's Tamar as well. And you find that like David had some some issues with his kids. There was definitely some very substantial issues that were happening there. And I mean, you don't really know how he was as a father. Text doesn't really share much about that. Um, until you get to Solomon, Solomon sheds some light on, on some of those kind of things, but you find his oldest, um, oldest is Amnon and Amnon rapes his half sister. 
and then the full brother of Tamar, uh, he, yeah, Absalom, um, he takes it upon himself after time and plotting, like, this guy's first degree murder is what he pulls, because he waits until the time is right. And then he kills his older half-brother, Amnon. And all this is like, David is the king, and this is David's household that is happening in the midst of all of this. And then you've got Absalom usurping the throne of David and sleeping with his concubines, showing that he has accepted the kingdom and and control of the kingdom, only for David to come back and Absalom to run off. And David's like, don't kill him, don't hurt him. And then Joab, Joab just... Yeah, Joab, the commander of the army, is like, I'm not doing this crap. Like, man, his head gets caught in a tree. Joab takes his spear, drives it through him. Absalom, goner. David goes into mourning, and Joab, the commander of the army, is like, don't you realize, like, your men, your warriors, that they went out and fought on behalf of you against this guy, even though he is your kid? Like, don't you realize? Like, you are bringing shame upon your people because of what you've done, because of the response you've had for your child and then you've got Adonijah later on who takes on the kingship when it's been promised to Solomon who is probably one of the youngest of David's sons at that point and he just kind of proclaims himself as king and then asks for um for one of David's we'll call her a concubine even though there was never any like business that happened there with that but asks to take her as his wife which was a symbol of like he was going to take the throne and then you finally have solomon being given the throne and going and killing adonijah so this is all family business and it really makes my crazy family feel a little bit more safe right (laughs) i want to back up for just a second sure when david mourned the loss of his son now i don't understand their culture when it comes to all that stuff right but I don't care what my kid does. I will mourn her loss if she dies before me. Sure. Period. And there's no one. I don't think a good parent out there wouldn't. I, yeah. I honestly don't. What What the text alludes to is that he made a big deal about it, like a big public. Well, deal mourning about it. was a big deal then. It was too. Yeah. I mean, like you're talking. I mean, in mourning, you could be tearing your clothes and you can be doing all kinds of craziness right like that that's what they did in their culture when they mourned regardless i mean like it was his kid Mm -hmm. it was his kid period yep so i mean as but inconsistency in the the punishment for stepping outside of those rules is what led to yep sure yep It, Mm -hmm. it absolutely is and you find david's heart in all of that he he mourned the whole way through. He felt bad the whole way through. He felt it, but he never responded. And the, there were never repercussions for the negative actions. Mm-hmm. There wasn't discipline from what you find. Sure. The really interesting thing I find about David as the father, it all comes in the Proverbs. Because who are they written by? They were written by his son, Solomon, mm-hmm. right? So you find all of these incredible proverbs, and one speaks directly to my father. He directly says, my father, and speaks of all of these incredible qualities that David had. So it was like, was he a different type of father to Solomon? I don't know. Maybe. And then you find 
I mean, Solomon ran off on his own shenanigans was, as well. Was he the favorite son like Joseph, though, too? Was he? Yeah, like, that could be. Yeah. Could be. Hmm. Definitely. Because, I mean, there is some speculation that he was... Um, that it that was his favorite wife, that Solomon was from his favorite his favorite wife. Yep. Bathsheba. Yeah, Bathsheba. Yeah. Yep. It is interesting, though, because he's the youngest of the kids that Bathsheba bears. Yep. Oh, I never did that math. He's number 10. There you go, Kurt. This is, this is That's, 13. Okay. Yeah, but she wasn't, she wasn't Bathsheba. Yep. It was M-A-A-K-A-H, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Huh. So, but Whoa. for God to move Solomon in and Jesus to be in that bloodline, yep. all of this had to take place because the first three yep. were in line for the kingdom. Yep. They had to be taken out. So you got the first one, then you got Daniel, then you got, yeah. Yep. So yep. That's what had to happen. It had to happen that way. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to argue that it didn't have to happen. <laughs> It happened that way because of the mistakes that were made and the and the not following God the way that they wanted to mm-hmm. that they that they should that they were called to well, follow God had they done it that way it would have looked a little bit cleaner It was repercussion in David's household for the sin David committed exactly. Sure no I understand so, I'm saying but I'm saying like it didn't have to go that way like we 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 often will throw blame on on like, well, things had to go down this way, or things happened because this happened in my life, or or like, I am this way because this is my, parent, my yeah. parents did this or that, or my parents are this way, and it's mm-hmm. like, no, you've got to own your own junk first off. Yeah. If you're called to follow God, there is a perfect way, yeah. right? And I know none of us are perfect, but that's the way that it should go down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to go down a way in which is deviated from the perfect plan unless you allow it to yeah. right so I, I just maybe i don't, don't want to go down that route maybe a better way to say it is despite to. all of the crazy <laughs> right it was this was still right. the line and god stayed stayed true to his promise to keep a king on the throne right. from his line for all forever so right. despite all of that crazy that happened and then yeah like it just had to it did. It played out that way. Yeah. And you see the sin of humanity existing in the midst of that. And then you see God working on the back end of that. And well, I, it amplifies the grace. It really does. I mean, yeah, I, the way the way that I define grace and mercy, right, is mercy is not giving you what you do deserve. Right. Not punishing you in that way. Right. Mm-hmm. Not giving you your just deserve. Whatever. And and grace is giving you what you don't deserve, mm. right? And so, and and in a positive light, because <laughs> I mean, beating someone that doesn't deserve it, you know, whatever. That's, that's obviously not grace. Not grace. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I don't feel like I feel like I shouldn't <laughs> have to say that. But like, truth is not not a common thing, and, and common sense isn't common anymore. So, but so like it amplifies grace because it shows that even though all of that. Jesus can redeem it all, yep. and he'll do it even with the most marred, yep. scarred lineage. Mm-hmm. He keeps his promises. Possible. Mm-hmm. What I love is 
with all of the background that you get from David and his kids and Solomon's life, you get to Ecclesiastes. And it's like, this is his manifesto of like all questioning all of life. And you get to the very end of that. And he says, everything is meaningless except the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's, that takes me back into the proverb where it's train up a child in the way that they already go. And when they're older, they won't depart. Because Solomon, he, he went out and sowed his wild oats, and you know about For all a long of, time. Yeah, you know about all of his stories through Ecclesiastes and through, uh, through Kings and through Chronicles. But then you get into that, that, final, that final chapter of Ecclesiastes, and you, you see a heart of a man who's tried it all, who's been through everything, and yet his heart comes directly back to the Lord recognizing that that's that's the only place that meaning and purpose can be found and so it's like man maybe david did do something right maybe if david hadn't sinned um her husband Bathsheba's husband would not have come back from battle anyway yeah would not have been a sin yeah but anyway you look at it god had the bloodline of david and Bathsheba that he wanted to carry on through to jesus yep yeah yep yeah. Yeah. Through song. Yeah. So that's what I meant by it had to happen. Yep. Right. But it didn't have to happen the way that well, it happened. Okay, okay. All right. Come on. Okay. <laughs> no. One thing I just thought about, and I never thought about it before, but since we are coming up on Father's Day and, and we talk about the emphasis that is shown mm-hmm. on a lot of the dads and fathers in the Bible, like we see a lack of Jesus's earthly father in scripture. I wonder if it's intentional. I know it's intentional for one reason or another, but <laughs> we don't know why, right? Like we don't we don't know why he's yeah, not mentioned in there. Yep. Yeah. So I I almost wonder if it's to focus on God, yeah. the Father. You know that that is because Jesus is constantly pointing to you know yeah. obviously, but the the leadership and and the and the lessons and the perfect discipline and the perfect mm-hmm. all of that 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 God the Father showed, and, and that's the reason maybe we didn't get to hear the the earthly father of Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. about him as much. Because the last thing we hear of him is he lost the kid. You know, like, I mean, like, <laughs> that's the, when he was 12 at the temple or whatever, like, he's like, you, you know, don't have Jesus with you? No, you don't have Jesus with you? I mean, that's pretty much the last we hear of him. <laughs> Maybe well, that's where it ended for Joseph. <laughs> and Jesus and and, Mo, and Joseph didn't come back from that trip. That's what. <laughs> uh, you just stay here at the temple, and uh, we're gonna take him, and we're gonna go. Okay, bye now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Nick, land it. Yeah. Well, it's a lot of different rabbit trails we ran down today and uh you know everything that we work to accomplish is to speak truth into the matter and to also recognize that the world is an incredibly messy place and it's a place that needs both truth to lead it and grace to meet it i didn't even plan that one liner right there but there you go jimmy take that one give that to will right (laughs) so it needs both and we can't live on the extremities of either side. We've got to live in that tension that exists in between. 
And then we've got to trust that even when we do wrong and there's repercussions or when we show the grace and man, it seems to come back and hit us in all the wrong ways that God is still working and moving just as he did as we unpack the thousand, 2,500 years worth of history that we get through the text. God didn't just end the book and end his reign. No, he, he promised us that he's coming back. And he's a God that keeps his promises. He is a good, good father, right? There you go. I know that's your favorite song. No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so in all of that, wherever this Father's Day may take you, keep your eyes in, in the one place where you will always have loving arms to run to. And that's with eyes focused upward. And the church may hurt you and abuse you and do all of those things to you, but recognize that that God is still evident in the midst of all of those kind of things, that humanity has disrupted the course of, of his reconciliation, his peace that is meant to come through the church. But that is who he's going to redeem. That's who he's going to rescue. He's coming back for a people, not a person. And so I don't know where else to go with this one <laughs> other than God is good and working in the midst of everything mm-hmm. that we may experience. And there is a truth. And regardless of what you may be experiencing, regardless of how much Bible you know or don't know, live in the tension. And if you don't ever know what to do or what's right, ask yourself those two questions. Is this me loving the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength? And is this me loving my neighbor as myself? And you'll find somewhere in the midst of all of that, that's where you find God. Awesome. All right. From all of us here at the Truth Response, happy Father's Day. I know this is going to be post-Father's Day, so happy belated Father's Day. Uh, Children, love your fathers. Fathers, love your children. Uh, And God bless. Hey, thanks for joining us. Make sure to subscribe and give us a like on iTunes and Spotify so that you will never miss a show. And while you're at it, check out our Facebook and Instagram pages and make sure you tell your friends about this show. You don't want them to miss out on the truth because we are all about the truth here. Thanks for joining us this week and God bless.